The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and of course past performance does not guarantee future returns. Hello and welcome. Season's greeting to one and all and to punish you for all being naughty this year. You're listening to the actual worst idea of all time. <laughs> the Spin-Off Superpod 2017, a mashup of four popular spin-off podcasts. Pot on the Couch, our music podcast. Gone Before Lunchtime, our politics podcast. On the Rag, our feminism podcast, and The Real Pod. No one really knows what that one's about. <laughs> That's very true. Uh, my name is Leonie Hayden, and I'm joined here at the North Pole by Toby Manhire. Tenakwe. Uh, Annabelle Lee. Kia ora. Ben Thomas. Hello, everyone. Duncan Green. <laughs> Kia ora. Alex Casey. Kia ora. Michelle Acourt. Hello. And Henry Oliver. Merry Christmas. <laughs> so... Uh, as mentioned, our subjects for the next hour will roughly include hour music. Okay, forty-five minutes. Oh my god! Roughly include music, politics, uh, feminism, and <laughs> popular culture. Uh, we're also joined by special guest Waimahia Rose, um, only speaker through her translator, her mum. So I sort of chose roughly like one big issue um, per. Pod that would have dominated the sorts of things that we were all talking about this year, um, and gone before lunchtime. You guys had a pretty quiet year. It's just yeah. it was just an election. Well, it it did. Um, um, thanks, Tony. It did. It did kind of feel like we were approaching one of the most boring elections in living memory. Uh, and how did it stack up against others? Um, better. I would say, on the whole, <laughs> in that, I mean, it was, you you know, remember when it was when um, Andrew Little, do you remember Andrew Little? No, um, He's been on a, a kind of redemption tour recently. He's performing very well as a government minister um, so far. Let's not get into that. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> um, um, and about it was amazing, wasn't it, the way that we were in that situation. We were expecting a cakewalk by the National Party, who still mm. fared quite well, but um, then Jacinda Ardern was brought in to save the furniture um, in the way that Mike Moore had been, and there was no sense at that point, really, among many people, probably including Jacinda Ardern, that they could 
end up in government. Um, it was just to avoid a complete capitulation and disaster. It was surprisingly interesting and um, absolute carnage for the minor parties. There were people falling over left, right and centre, Matiti Atude, Peter Dunn, um, the Māori party got voted off the island by altogether. The tribe has spoken and it wasn't kindly about yeah. them. But, so um, many yeah. tribes spoke. So many <laughs> tribes spoke, yeah. And it was Carl. Nice uh, reality TV um, illusion there. Very, very... Appropriate. So you've got um, 42 of the first 100 days left. Are they going to tick everything off? Yeah, look, I mean, a lot of their, a lot of the 100 days policy or program for Labour is st setting up inquiries and beginning work on things. So, I mean, that's that's usually pretty easily, yeah. They've got, they've got 58 more days to put out a press release saying they've started work on some of their key issues. So I think they'll probably do it. Um, I th with the election, the interesting thing is that for the last three years, polls have been showing that it's going to be a razor decision between it was going to be a razor decision between National and Labour and the Greens with New Zealand first holding the balance of power and then we went through all the tumult and carnage and chaos of this year where you know with parties being wiped off the map with sort of the, the plummeting and then the redemption of Labour you know Winston Peters was looking like he might be Prime Minister then he was like struggling to get back into Parliament <laughs> the Greens faced an existential threat and at the end of all of it we had a knife-edge election where the balance of power was held by Winston Peters. which So I think if there's any lesson that we can draw from this year in politics, it's, there's not really any point in trying to do anything because <laughs> our courses are set by fate and we can no longer avoid Winston Peters and no more avoid Winston Peters in government than the people in Final Destination can avoid being like killed by a train or something. Um. <laughs> Wow, that's everyone think about that. Um, Michelle, can I ask you? You were you um, uh, an unashamed partisan in this matter, insofar as you were emceeing the that amazing event at the town hall. It was a bit rocking. Um, can you can you can you sort of talk? I mean, you you saw that from the stage while the rest of us were watching from the stalls, and can you talk about that a little bit and about whether or not what you think the that the Jacinda Ardern government might face in the way of challenges, whether they're from media or in a short essay. Oh, there's, there's <laughs> two questions and I've already had a glass of wine, so I'll do them one at a time. Um, it was an amazing day and it, there was a sense that day that something remarkable was happening. There'd been enough lead up at that point. She'd been in the job for two weeks, so yeah, you know she yeah. was seasoned and <laughs> people kind of knew what to expect. She'd done that amazing press conference, which was the first Yeah, the first thing she went, did. Oh my God. You, Bob, yeah, Peter, bang, John, bang, 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 Sarah. Bang, 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 bang. Yeah, it was incredible. Um, and so there was a real sense backstage of that that's it. And fuck, it was a really weird space to be in because she's an old mate and I went to hug her and nearly got felled by the <laughs> security dude. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, she's my friend. And he was, you know, he could kill me in 47 different ways without thinking about it. Um, but and one of the things that I really remember is that uh, I was emceeing and uh, we heard backstage that um, Colin Meads had passed away and somebody came to me and said, can you put that into the introduction of the event? And I started crying, because I'm a puss, and said, no, I can't. And, uh, and Jacinda said, I'll do it. I've already written it into my speech. And I went, Jesus, you're a statesperson. You, you can handle this shit. 
So, yeah. what was the second question? Uh, what are they going to face? Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess, I guess, I'm wondering with uh, after the euphoria washes off a bit, yeah. it's quite, it is a serious <clears throat> issue. Actually, a more interesting question, maybe, <laughs> um, is do you think? Uh, there are, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think you do think it. Um, I'd like to talk about what I think. Um, no, I. Um, so, some of the, there's been a lot of criticism of some of the questions that have been put to Sandra Dern. You were gonna. You're still writing that piece, right? For oh, the, no. the yeah, the, yeah. But do you? Do you how, how, I, mean, I don't know. I sort of. I sort of feel like it's a tricky area because on the one hand, I sort of feel like sometimes it's a bit condescending to say, "Oh, you can't ask certain things and steer off that." And, oh, that's. It's like she's the prime minister, right? Can I you be know? really not very helpful and say that I think it's fantastic that people are tongue-tied when they go to ask her questions because for so many centuries people have just dismissed women without having to think about it. And now people have to think really hard what yeah. kind of questions they ask her about uh, uh, how she is controlling things. Uh-huh. I, I like the discomfort. I'm really enjoying it. Good fucking job. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. That's uh, quite a good segue, I guess, into talking about... Um, the, uh, the podcast that Michelle and Alex and I do on the rag where we talk about stuff to do with women, a lot of stuff that's going on in social media and media and, and how it's perceived by the public. Um, our probably biggest thing, event, situation that happened here was probably the Weinstein uncovery, discovery and the hashtag me too kind of campaign that came out around it. So we ended 2016 with like a sexual predator being elected as president of the mm. United States and now we're ending 2017 with a bunch of sexual predators in power being called to account. Yeah, and the woman who called them out on the cover of Time. Yeah, which is amazing. And not Donald Trump. Yeah. Was it run, true that he was runner a runner-up? Yeah. Is that actually true? Yeah. That's, that's what was it, is it like a deliberate, like, so that he has to say I'm the runner-up, or do they genuinely think but he was the second best? You have to remember that's that person. That's most influential. Most definitely a Yeah, the person who had the most effect on the planet, as opposed to Anna Yeah, because, like, Stalin won it twice, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't he say as well that he would have been, he would he just didn't want to go along and do the photo shoot, right? He's like, use that picture of me when I was young. Good photo. Beautiful man. So what's our um, like best case scenario then for the end of 2018? Oh. They're going to have to do a lot of digital replacement, you know, of people's faces. I see that. <laughs> and I see that happening a lot more moving forward. Um, Weta Workshop is going to be... <laughs> Really good business. Yeah, invest now. Yeah, I don't know. Well, we kind of, there was this big explosion and then all these kind of quite massive movies and shows and people were just suddenly at a completely different, you know, status than they've ever been. So I'll be interested to see what happens to shows like Transparent and um, Better Things and if Louis C.K. can ever do anything again. Mm -hmm. My gut says... Maybe he'll be back next year doing something. Yeah. Don't you? I don't know. Or am I? Am I wrong? I, I don't want to get too like oh. everything's changed forever. No, no, it doesn't I'm pay a to do weary. that because people are terrible and the world is dying. So. <laughs> Yeah, Mel Gibson's back. I mean, Mel Gibson's Mel, yeah. in Christmas flick, Daddy's Home too, and people are loving it, you know? So, who knows? Can we all say who, we've done this a bit in the spin-off office where we've sort of named our beloved 
actors who would be the most devastated about if it turned out that they were like one of the bad ones. Yes. Can everyone say who like who they'd be most upset about discovering as a bad one? Tom Hanks. Oh god, that would be gutting. <laughs> this is a really horrible wish list. <laughs> it is, right? I, just, I find it really fascinating. Anthony Hopkins. Oh yeah. He's well, he certainly looks bad in <laughs> Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. He's done some dark shit. Yeah. I said Andre three thousand. Oh, oh yeah, that would be disappointing. Mm, yeah. I'm Jeff Goldblum myself. Oh yeah. Because you, you know you can't be funny when you're a sex pest. <laughs> <laughs> or Bill Murray. Or Bill Murray. Bill Murray. I thought he was. Oh God. Really? <laughs> No, he plays bad people. He, uh, but he's he's didn't he gorgeous. Scarjo during that movie uh, they made. Didn't they, he say uh, something to her? I might be making this up. I do think one of the unfortunate <laughs> side effects of the hashtag Me Too campaign, though, was that there was so much stuff coming out that it almost became. Uh, like people started to become desensitised to what these women had been through mm. and it was like well was she one of the ones that were raped or not because you know if she wasn't raped then you know it kind of it's not that bad so yeah. I, I read an article in Huffington Post and they said a really helpful hashtag would have been I ignored it too which I think is um, very mm. true as well right because that's all of us. That's not just about women, that's about bystanders. And that's about men as yeah. well, who yeah. knew that it was going exactly. on and did nothing and enforced those power imbalances. I found out recently that there's a new code of conduct that they're using at the Royal Shakespeare Company um, where it's not just any longer that you are invited or encouraged to report sexual harassment or assault, but that you are required to and that if you stay silent when you are a witness to it that is you are deemed to be held almost as culpable as the person who does the harassment it's just a really interesting shift in consciousness isn't it from oh not my business can't uh, speak up it's okay to keep silent to i think that might be one of the changes that sticks mm. is that we you we're learning that we can't just be silent bystanders. Yeah. And, and that's why it's important that it's a cultural change rather than something that's, um, you know, required by policy because you do want people to feel like they can come and speak out, but you don't want them to feel like they're obliged to by policy because it's almost re-victimising them. Like if they're not ready to speak out or it's not quite the right time for them, that should be OK and we have to respect that. Um, but if we create a space where they feel like it's okay to speak out, then that's that's been real positive change happens, I think. There's been a lot of talk I've seen on the, the, the World Wide Web about men being scared about hugging anyone now. And yeah. I say, just don't. It's like a bunch of people have just been saying, just, regardless, just fine. ask permission. It doesn't matter what you're doing, yeah. just ask permission. I don't know if I can, we'll just ask permission. Mm. That's how you know if you can do something to a lady. There's you ask of, her. Yeah, there's a whole lot of neurotic kind of, you know, how do I tell the difference between telling someone that's a nice dress <laughs> and rape? And it's, yeah. <laughs> it's not that hard. Back to school for you. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you guys a quiz question. Pop quiz. Oh my god. Um, I would like to know if you guys know what the top moment discussed on Facebook was this year. Is this globally? Oh, no, globally. Oh. 
Yeah, it's it's something like the America's Cup or something. Globally? Oh, sorry, I thought New Zealand. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. World the, the inauguration. No. Was it the Melania rejecting Trump's handhold oh it thing? <laughs> Is it that Melania has a body double? Because I've been talking about that for a long time. It wasn't a conspiracy theory, no. Are you saying that wasn't a conspiracy theory? Like, yeah. that was legit? Um, or? You should look at the chin. It's the same. Yeah. Um, so the number one discussed moment on Facebook this year was the International Women's Day. Wow. Oh, I mean, just, no, sorry. International Women's Day in general was the most talked about moment. Um, and then the second most talked about was the Super Bowl. And then the third was the Las Vegas shooting. Holy so Women's Day, number one. Yeah. That's All incredible. over the Facebook. What were they saying? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, people were talking about. Not necessarily. Read out every single one. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. On a lighter note, I have identified for our friends on the Real Pod that probably the biggest thing that happened to you this year was married at first sight. Am I correct? Uh, yes, yes, you are. I think you're actually wrong. The biggest thing that happened to us was getting Nando's on board as a sponsor. <laughs> oh my god! Um, just a little bonus, little bonus content. Oh, just for that. Just not for our good friends at Nando's. Not the sponsor of this podcast. <laughs> the segment, though. Um, yeah, congratulations on getting a proper sponsor. Thank you. That we all got to benefit from you when just you bought a all nice that cold can of Garage Project. <laughs> 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 Was it worth it? Was Married at Scythe worth it? Yes. yes. For us as a nation? It was very painful, and it probably was the reality show with the most villains, I would say, ever. Yeah, it was... Is that uh, fair? Everyone it, turned by the end. It was amazing, like how... Like, it started off as this, like, buoyant thing, like most marriages, I guess, and then plummeted downhill. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just amazing how quick it gathered a lot of steam. Like, I mean... Like I just think about Ben and Ben and Aaron's wedding and their whole um, relationship. It, it, there was no there was no narrative arc. There was no character development. They just people just <laughs> very immediately got into their roles and just sort of festered. Was Ben the bad one? Yeah, the mean one. There was a lot of. It was so mean. But, but that was sort of it, wasn't it? There was like there wasn't really any narrative. It was just like a Hieronymus Bosch painting. It was just like <laughs> people being tortured. <laughs> like, I mean, like I love Mr. reality ben TV. Thomas is talking about reality. And <laughs> I, secretly, he's the real pod's biggest fan, and this and is a I, huge <laughs> moment for him. So don't ruin it by speaking over him. <laughs> Give him an opportunity. <laughs> As you were, Ben. Um, yeah, like, you know, I, I love New Zealand reality TV in particular, you know, like those moments, you know, like New Zealand's next top model where, you know, they're catastrophic, like massive bitch fighters, somebody brushing past someone else in the hallway and going like, oh, you dick. Yeah. Do you remember when Terrell Lee's, like, um, heel went and then Hosanna laughed? Like, wow. um, during that segment? <laughs> That was, that was real. It was real funny. <laughs> I, I actually put it on YouTube. It's still doing quite well. <laughs> Should have turned the ads on. <laughs> but Mer- Married at First Sight, yeah, it was just traumatic. I just felt really bad for these people. Like, y- you know, with The Bachelor, they kind of know what they're signing up for, and it proceeds as you'd expect. Mm. Whereas Married at First Sight just seemed like this whole kind of trap that had been sprung on them. Mm. Yeah, is it produced in bad faith? 
They told us no. It's <laughs> <laughs> the kind of in-depth reporting that. you get. Their comms the team part. were very clear. <laughs> they told us. When I met the experts. <laughs> no. Um, they, I said, like, is this going to be a stitch-up? Have you done, like, comedy pairings? You know, like a farmer and a... A city lawyer, you know, <laughs> <laughs> the most hilarious duo of all. I know. And they were like, no, the experts really, you know, we really thought about it. We had thousands of entries, which I don't know if for the men that was true. They but had four again, entries for sure, maybe five. True. <laughs> um, yeah, I think they want everything to work out well. Because also, kind of, if you get lots of Breton angels, you get, I don't know, how does... How does money work? Do you get more like Woman's Day stuff? Like if you have a kind of Art and Matilda are an industry now. But they're an industry like for themselves. <laughs> How does money work? Yeah. They didn't need to Bigger flog question. Tea. Um, did, they, did Matilda ever flog the skinny tea? No. No, you have to be bottom, line, bottom rung. Yeah. <laughs> it's a real specific. But um I'm I mean it's we, is it going to come back? Do we know for 2018? Um, yes, I don't know it's coming back. Because it rated really well, even though it was an absolute really? shit pit. Mm. But um yeah, I, I think I think they were very genuine. Like I remember looking at all the couples at first blush and going, they've actually done a hell of a job. Like I thought Mr. Fluffy and yeah. um, his one. Claire. Well, Claire. <laughs> <laughs> were amazing. And honestly, they did fuck. They fucked for days. <laughs> but, you know, like there were just a series of unfortunate events. Like Mr. Fluffy doesn't know how to use a cell phone, like the send mechanism. He just yeah. replies to his <laughs> wife rather than sending to his friend. And that's, you know, we've been there. He just went there very early. And um, so, you know, like... It wasn't, it just, a lot of things broke bad for them, but I believe in the franchise. I believe they were trying. You believe in love. I believe in the franchise. <laughs> I also think something that was good about it that we haven't really seen in stuff like The Bachelor was that the talent was just so loose on social media and to media, <laughs> to yeah. traditional media. Like Lacey going live on Instagram after every episode being like, fuck you guys, I hate you all. Fuck you, <laughs> it was quite, it was quite new. It felt like you never get like, aren't Well, they not locked down that. like contractually. Yeah, well, I don't know. I, I think they were. I don't know if they had contracts. No, no. Well, I think, so, so as I understand it, like they did have that, you know, the classic, um, if you do anything wrong, you pay $1 million. Yeah. Like that was real. That was there. But they just all went rogue immediately, and it's what, are you going to sue them all? Also, those contracts are bullshit, because MediaWorks actually can't go to the high court and sue like a citizen for a million dollars, because it would just be the most humiliating <laughs> thing for the corporation. So they're, mm. they're really a sort of a, a way of getting you to think seriously. But the whole cast basically immediately decided it did not fucking matter, and, and went rogue. And it was, it was quite amazing, because it, it, it felt like, now this door is open, everyone knows it's... It's not a real door, and mm. I don't know what I'm doing with that well, before, Ben. Can you take over the metaphor? The <laughs> Will the spin-off sue Lacey for a million dollars for me for the hashtag fuck Leone Hayden that she created? <laughs> what did she do oh, that for? Well, I, I, honestly, she was overreacting. I, <laughs> I maybe wrote a small piece about how the entire cast was not brown. Yes. And then I included a funny caption to a photo of her and one of the other girls, Angel and Lacey, saying they're even named after things that are white. She got very mad. 
I mean, I get it, but I feel like the hashtag yeah, fuck Leone Hayden is... And it's too long. Not catchy not as a hashtag either. I don't think anyone else used it. That would have been much stronger. It's mostly yeah, what I object to is just the bad use of hashtags. Yeah. She didn't drop it, though. What I liked is she yeah, posted she the screenshot of the article, but then just for the next couple of weeks on just, like, her standing outside like a Honda Jazz. <laughs> It'll be like, love being with my Honda Jazz. <laughs> hashtag fuck Leone Hayden. Is that really true? Yeah, there's yeah. a couple. Yeah. I mean, I'm... Oh, I'm pretend, <laughs> pretending to be mad about it. I'm secretly very pleased. Just shopping it. Hashtag Kmart. <laughs> I also feel like a Honda Jazz is quite a white car. Like if you're trying to dispel the myths. <laughs> yeah. None of her behaviour did anything to dispel my impressions. Um, oh, I did want to know if you guys know what's coming up in 2018 that you can share with us. What fresh horror in reality TV do we get to? It's going to be next year. The, the cha-ching salsa return of Dancing with the Stars. We're basically uh, fucked. Like yes, the, the yes, lowest yes. point of the real pod. What was it called? It was, it was before the real called, pod. Um, I think it was called Dancing with the Stars pod. No. Were we that shit? Yeah, we were that shit. That's terrible, we guys. Would, we would do like 90-minute podcasts. No one's ever listened to them, so I don't know what's on them, but something happened for 90 minutes. We put it on the internet in like 2015. <laughs> yeah, that's entirely appropriate. Why my heroes is not happening. And they brought it back, I feel like, to torture us. I think so. I think what? it's definitely what happened. And like they put, Di- like no offense to Di Henwood, but Di Henwood is the host. We need to, we need to know what's going on there. That's... 2018, we're going to bust open. Why Don Bowden's not not back hosting? Do you know the dancers yet? No. no. They, asked me, <laughs> they asked me one year, but they haven't. <gasps> and I said Ooh, no, but they haven't. No. Asked me. Do it. You have to do it. No, no, they haven't asked me for this. That's way What if you just put yourself beyond. forward? Just fax yeah. through, <laughs> like, your C- <laughs> fax through your CV. When was this, Michelle? Like, oh. are we talking Norm Hewitt it, era of, uh, yeah. like, the glory days? Yeah, was the year that you and Gilmore... The yeah. year after you and Gilmore did it. You and McDonald. Find the letter and just reply to it. Like, referring to your letter in 1998. With Jason Gunn, Michelle. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. Like, Radio New Zealand is getting, what, like $40 million from the new government for Radio New Zealand Plus. Quite right, quite right. And, <laughs> and, and so, so, I mean, like, we can look forward to some, you know, a bit of, bit of kind of bespoke, a bit of higher class reality TV next year. You know, like, at home with the Campbells or, you know? <laughs> yeah. You're, are you telling us that RNZ is branching out into reality TV next year? I'm saying that I doubt that... Given that everything that Radio New Zealand currently broadcasts is just a dude behind a desk with a microphone, I doubt that they've put a lot of thought into their premium content TV service. And so I think like reality is the obvious kind of stopgap next year. A webcam in John Campbell's house. Yeah. He You're listening, RNZ. They're real housewives, but they'll do it in South Auckland and all the women will have three jobs each. And yeah, I think yeah. they're great. The real, the real. Those are Ben Thomas's opinions, not ours. We'd love to sell you content when you've got $38 million. <laughs> we will not attach Ben Thomas to any of these projects. He, he's localised to the panel and he's happy there. <laughs> um, we're going to move on now. I would like to, we'd like to talk about uh, the year that was 2017 and music. Yes. I feel like the big thing for our music, well, for the spin-off music anyway, is probably the fact that um, our Lord, Lord, uh, yeah. produced an album. Is that the biggest thing that happened for music uh, this year? By far. It's coming. I'm, I'm, <laughs> oh, it's out. It's out. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. Sorry. 
Uh, yeah, there's been a lot of Lord this year. A lot of Lord on spinoff.co.nz. Um, a lot of Lord in the airwaves. You did list watch, end of year lists that Kiwis have appeared on. How is how's Lord fe- featuring globally on oh, end of year lists? Lord's album Melodrama is at number three. And um, I'm very closely watching because they, they get allocated points per ranking. So you get more points for a one, slightly less for a two, et cetera, down to like top 10, top 25. Anyway, close above it is LCD Sound System's American Dream, which is not an album that I dislike by any way, but I somehow just resent it a little bit for like, because they did this whole like, we are quitting, we're retiring, we did this big thing at Madison Square Garden. And then like five years later, they're back. It's like, nah, can't do that. That was it's a big deal when they retired. <laughs> anyway, yeah. that's right above it, so I'm hoping that it can jump there. Um, Kendrick Lamar's Dam is like pretty, that's well ahead of... Anything. See, I thought you were only collating information from the New Zealand artists. Uh, so you were doing like worldwide... Uh, I, I'm relying on third-party resources, to be, to be sure. completely frank. Yeah. And who else from these islands is doing well overseas? Um... Aldous Harding's album Party is ranking pretty highly. I think it's somewhere around like in the 20s at the moment, which is really good. Man. Um, Nadia Reed's Preservation had a really strong start with some of those like old fogey British magazines. Like, um, <laughs> uncut. I really love the album, don't get me wrong. But you know, the Uncut and um, Mojo, those, those guys, and they you still know, exist, obviously. They still exist, and wow. they hit. They hit the end of year list scene early, um, and they love Nadia Reed as do I. And so she came out real strong, but has kind of she's she's kind of faded a little bit, unfortunately. She doesn't have a real like. Lots of American magazines haven't put her in their lists, unfortunately. So Lord and Nadia. Lord and Nadia. Did Swidder carry? Have they carried? Has their popularity carried no. across the sea? Not even to Australia. Uh, I think they're trying to get into Australia. It's, it's really hard. For rap music, yeah, this is re- it. Doesn't like it travels out from the center, and it very rarely travels from the peripheries into sure. the center. They and had it, such a big year, though. They're huge year, amazing record. Um, but it's just, I think it's just I don't know if it's like the accents or like or the 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 whole kind of like way that rap music moves through the world is more like there are centers and. Everyone else pays attention to those. It's yeah. very rare that like a New Zealand thing would travel. Can we, can we also just point out that like Australia has like abysmal, <laughs> like outrageously bad rap music like of its so, like Hilltop Hoods. Still going. Uh, still got like very popular. Play like two thousand seat yeah. theaters for like like it's and like they, they just don't, like they barely I mean they had that one song with the that did okay here, but like it's it's kind of amazing how um bad their like just just their taste is yeah. so it would almost be like a, I would think less of Swidit were they able to crack Australia <laughs> do you know what I mean but it's do funny you, with Harry, when you assign the points do you weight them at all for circulation or audience or do you just are they all the same uh, no let me just be completely transparent someone else is doing all the <laughs> all, the, all the mathematics is done by someone with a lot more time on their hands than I have Nielsen's is conducting um, that research <laughs> so I'm looking at someone else's collation of, of, and I'm just like saying hey look at this thing you know I'm just like <laughs> there's a lot to do come on I'm just one guy here come on um, does anyone else have any music that got them super crazy excited this year 
No, wow. <laughs> no wow. Else? I've been listening to Casey Kasem's American Top 40 Woo! on YouTube. Oh, yeah. yeah. From the 1980s. Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't even include the songs. Like, it's just Casey. <laughs> Yeah, and that is it the ATMP ads for like yeah. long distance phone calls and that. Yeah, so I'm not, I'm not really, I don't have my finger on the pulse. Oh, yeah, yeah. Although sometimes that I do listen niche. to Rick D's if I want to like update mm. myself. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, but uh, the most, the most, just some like good data come out of Spotify last thing, and it was really quite oh, shocking yeah, how, uh, well, yeah, but globally, but in, in New Zealand, how. Ed Sheeran and just dominated the year. Like it's crazy. People love Ed Sheeran. Like, they love yeah, him. everywhere they love him. It's astounding. Um, I don't get it. <laughs> Is it okay to say that? I'm in a safe space. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think he's really sweet, but so's the guy that works at the dairy. <laughs> That's kind of his appeal, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's the, the nice boy down the chip shop. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ed Sheeran. Oh, really? Yeah. He's like a busker with a billion dollars. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've got another pop quiz question. Um, probably easier to answer if you work at the spin-off, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Does, who knows what was the most read story on the spin-off this year? i got a good guess. Oh. I've got a guess. Can I try? Oh. I'm going to let Ben uh, oh, yeah, first because he doesn't work at the spin-off, so I'm interested Mine's to know. Mine's going to be wrong as well. So. Was, was it the abortion one? You're correct. How'd you know, Ben? I, I, I just remember it going off. Getting a lot of The most read post was actually the um, policy tool um, produced in collaboration, in collaboration with someone else before the election with uh, over 1,035,000 views. But the most read story was why working in an abortion clinic changed my mind about termination by Lucy Kelly. Just shy of half a million page views. So it was crazy when that was going off and to see where it was, like, mm. people from, like, you know, Dublin. It was like... Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ireland was like, big on that one. The Irish seemed interested. <laughs> yeah, very interesting. <laughs> very curious about um, these topics. Yeah. A shout out, if I can, just to uh, Ollie and Asha, who did um, build that policy tool. Oh, good, thank incredible, you. Incredible, incredible, incredible it was. piece of work, um, which we were very proud to do very little except um, <laughs> lap up the credit for. You did some work on it, Toby. Yeah, you're, bit here, you're not a modest man. Yeah. <laughs> um, the top three posts, I mean, obviously this is to date. I can't say, can't predict for the rest of the year. But the top three posts were from our parenting section. Um, so shout out to all the parents that read the spinoff. Um, but the fourth most read page was just simply the politics homepage. So people were just showing up at people politics just, just to see what you guys were talking about. Browsing and then deciding nothing. Is. <laughs> 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 I'm, a, I'm back to back to parenting. Clicking out again. And one more question. Um, I would like to know who knows what the most used hashtag of 2017 was. Fuck Leonie Hayden. <laughs> <laughs> oh, correct. <laughs> Any guesses? Is this, a, is this a New Zealand or, or No, globally. Was it me too? Uh, it wasn't. Actually, didn't even make the top ten. Mm. 
Um, was it was it International Women's Day? No. <laughs> <laughs> was it Trump? Hashtag Trump. It's to do with. It wasn't MAGA. That was number two. Oh my oh. God. So number one was simply resist. Hashtag resist. Oh, yeah. Number two, impeach Trump. Oh, that was shit. A good yeah. No, sorry, sorry. Number two, mega. Number three, impeach Trump. That's why I won, I think. Uh, <laughs> number four, Trump train? What was that? Oh, <laughs> so get on the Trump train. That's his one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. right. Okay, yeah. on the Trump train. Um, and then just, women's just, hashtag just, women's match was the one oh, I think that's nice. Oh, oh the girls got some yeah. coming yeah. last. It's been yeah. a roller coaster. Um, so now we're gonna do our New Year's honors list slash New Year's dishonors oh, list. So um, and oh. I've asked everyone to bring someone. This is very similar to a segment we do on on the rag called Yas Queen, but um, in this case you may choose someone of any gender. Um, so we're going to start with Alex Casey. Okay. And we're going to go around the circle. So first of all, the person, we're going to do honours list first. Oh, no. You can do a couple or whoever pops to mind. Regular I wrote a few, I just wrote a list of things because yeah. I misinterpreted, I, I didn't understand the task. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I, I went kind of time capsule. Okay. It's okay if you show your workings if you get the Of 2017. <laughs> yeah. And I wrote, I put a max key fidget spinner. <laughs> In the in the time capsule. Oh, yeah. To put in a 2017 oh. time capsule. I feel like it I sums mean, up a lot. Had that been what I asked, it would have been, been a really yeah. great entry. But, but now I kind of want to change it to that. <laughs> Fidget spinners also, they seem so long ago. Yet they were this year. It's a long right? year. Yeah. Fidget spinners, we didn't know about them. Uh, Specifically a Max Key one. Yeah, the, the actual Max Key oh God, merchandise. That. It's only eight bucks. It's quite a good okay. deal. But that you is... You also get one free if you get one of the hoodies. If you buy, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got, yeah. You got, on. So you got a couple. And <laughs> um, who's going on your honours list? Um, well, I just wrote, I wrote Mark Richardson. A dishonours list? Yeah. And I wrote Pooh on a jet ski, which is not the most famous thing he did this year. But I just thought it needed to be included in his list of achievements, along with the Jacinda point, the, when you're having kids, the basically almost everything he says. Yeah. But he also did a Pooh for jet ski, so... <laughs> That's Great, my so take he's top in your designers list for 2017. I think so. Good. I think so. <laughs> and do you have a Yas Queen? No. <laughs> you have many. Everyone loses in 2017. <laughs> <laughs> no, come back to me. I've stayed on the negatives. I only have bad things. Okay. So you Mi- Michelle. Michelle, your honours list. Honours list. My two, uh, Christine Bartlett, because aged care workers finally got pay equity this year. Oh, yeah. So thank you, Christine. And I also want to, and I'm really sad that you get an honour for this, but Julianne Genta, the Minister for Women, is a feminist. And I think that's worth celebrating because we haven't had one of those. (laughs) Is that every day? Yay. Every fucking day. Wow. Like 24-7. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how she does it. She must get really sleepy. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, just on his list, um, three-way. Oh, nice. Like a John Key handshake. Uh, Don Brash, Alan Duff, and Michelle Bogue, who I like, I, sh- I shout at my radio a lot, but I shouted really, really screamy hysterically this week when she said that the, the ultimate result of the Me Too campaign and the post Weinstein world is that young, attractive women will no longer be employed because employers will be afraid that they will incite wow. sexual harassment. That's a stretch. So fuck her. So that's, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Henry? 
So we're doing both now, right? Yeah, yeah, honours list. Honours list. I guess it's maybe quite a bit, bit obscure, but there's like a writer and her name is Gia Tolentino, and it's just had an insane yeah. year of like, mm. and I was someone who like try, tries to write for a living and knowing how difficult that is. Yeah. It's just like, honestly, like week after week on every, basically every topic that's not based in New Zealand that we've talked about today <laughs> has something on and it's kind of like ridiculous. Yeah. And um, there's something about that like, yeah, <laughs> that ability to reflect on like what's going on in society so quickly that I was just like, well, that's somehow we've like, been here, yes, you could kind of have, um, I think you could have a year in review of like her online columns. Could that was what I thought it's like. If I think about 2017, you could almost like see it through the prism of her column. Great. Which is weird, but Dishonor's List is, is very similar. Is um, not one person, but many people who are kind of like the same, is a breed of um, New Zealand um, columnists, sort of, you know, you know the ones. Yeah. I don't know even <laughs> know if we need to name them. I mean, I plan to, to, but... (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, 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 right for the spinoff.co.nz, as far as I know, or maybe none of them have. But, you know, (laughs) there's there's been a lot of them, and I think we've we've done a kind of... or doing a roundup of some of the worst offenders. But those guys, I think, they're they're my dishonest list. For for the exact same reason as my honour list, you know? It's kind of like a a reflection of 2017, Mm. but in a really bad way. Yeah. And... Where the first one was international, this is like very local. Yeah. So go global through local or something. What, what's that saying, you know? <laughs> yeah. Think globally, act locally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. something like that. Great. Great. Yeah. Tobias? That's very media inside you. Sorry, yeah. guys. You know, sorry. <laughs> That's right. Um, my my honours list is easy. That's obviously paddles. Okay. Oh, R.I.P. Um, and my uh, my dishonours, um, I was thinking maybe Colin Craig and Jordan Williams, oh, cool. who should be fired at high speed into the sun <laughs> by your local magistrate, but it's, you know, it's still going at it in court. Um, uh, but in the end, I thought actually we'll give it to Peter Thiel, uh, you know, the oh, yeah. leading New Zealander Peter Thiel who couldn't even be fucked coming to New Zealand to do his citizenship ceremony and did it in Santa Monica. So, you know, I mean, honestly, I but, think he sums up a but lot. But money. I think money. he sums up a lot. I did serious ones. Well, now I feel serious. unprepared. No, do your serious do ones. Serious I have serious ones. ones. Brace yourself, Ben. Keep your eyes looking straight ahead. Don't roll them back into your head. <laughs> What's he going to be on? The dishonors are honest. I already know. So on my honours list, yes, it was badly played out, and yes, it could have been done better, but I'm giving Matidia today an honour for the intention of advocating for our most vulnerable New Zealanders and for making a huge personal sacrifice. And yes, you can have a well-connected mother-in-law and still be poor hutter and struggle. The struggle is real. You don't have to be a prostitute to qualify as doing it tough. So karere taku mihi kia Matidia. My dishonours list, I know the columnists you guys are speaking about, but I don't want to name them because I just feel like it gives them mana and airtime that they don't deserve. They're losers, they're irrelevant, I'm ignoring them. My dishonours list, I'm going to go with 
Um, I'm going to go with Jonathan Coleman because what's happened in Southland, what's happened in the Waikato, and we've done stories about whānau who have received appalling healthcare in those regions, is just not acceptable um, in a country like New Zealand. And do I do a yes, Queen, as well? Well, you can if you I mean, you kind of already did, but... Susan Devoy oh, for yeah. taking the case of Ngā Mōrehu all the way to the UN. Yeah. You can roll your eyes now, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> the strain. I'm, I'm a Devoy booster. <laughs> um, so I feel like you guys all like thought about this and um, had good, well-prepared things, and I just really did it. And it's a, a, a real reflection of just how little thought I put into things and how kind of spin-off-centric my dumb life is, um, these two. But anyway... And, and like latent narcissism, a lot, a, lot, a lot of problems, a lot of problems. Um, <laughs> I, um, my, are you on both? Also, they're both dudes, which just, just doesn't seem appropriate for this year. Tom Sainsbury is my my guy because I feel like the election. I find elections wearing. I, I find like um, tr- tribal support like like just difficult for me to absorb mentally. Like it just doesn't compute with me. And I found like just the way that he went for everyone and, and just inhabited Paula in particular. Like his his Paula is was just kind of extraordinary. And, and when and then like the New Zealanders that he conjured up felt more real to me than most that I've ever met. And um, he just sort of wandered into the spin-off life in, in New Zealand and was, was just extraordinary. I love that dude. Um, and my dishonourable mention, um, Sean Plunkett, like I had a strange relationship with him personally, but um, I just don't, and it sort of seems weird to single someone out for a, just a freaking tweet, but that one scene tweet like, at that moment, uh, mm. and just the, like, the casualness of it, and the callousness of it, and just the like... <laughs> oh, well, like, I mean, yeah, like, he could probably, you know, with hindsight, he might reflect on that. No, just, like, I, I mean, it sort of seems, seems like, like a little much to suggest that he should be alongside, like, strapped to Jordan Williams on the rocket to the sun. But for just a tweet, but it was just... Shouldn't even get the joy of the ride. And also, that, 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 that was Toby's honest opinion, Jordan, if you're listening and you feel like suing someone... Toby Manhire of Point Chevalier wants that for all to himself. Um, But Sean, come at me. Um, Yeah, those are my two. Um, Yeah, so I think think my honours board is the Prime Minister, Jacinda Ardern. Um, The reason for this is that I think the first thing I wrote for the spin-off a couple of years ago was was one of those groupthink kind of lists, you know, of the winners and losers of 2015. And I put Jacinda down as one of my losers and said, you know, (laughs) after seven years in Parliament still shows a lot of potential. And then then I saw her a couple of months later at, at, you know, some kind of Auckland thing. And she kind of fixed me with that, you know, the the same thing she did to Mark Richardson, you know, the kind of the finger point and the you. And... And so I, I quickly backpedaled and said, "No, I'll definitely make you one of my like, you know, winners of the year, you know, in the future." And I, and and now that she's prime minister, I magnanimously will <laughs> re- repay what I owe. Wow! And she's definitely listening. Hot tip. 
but she but, but she earned it. So you know, this isn't just a favour. <laughs> um, and in terms of dishonours, just because no one's mentioned him, Tony Veach, just because we should always mention him, he should just be, he's, yeah. he's a permanent MVP, he's a Hall of Famer <laughs> in the dishonour list, his name should never be not repeated, um, any, you know, while he's still on the airwaves, um, yeah, that's pretty much me. <laughs> Nice. All right, um, mine, um, one of mine's actually in the room um, on my honours list. Um, uh, Mahinga Rangi Forbes and Annabelle Lee for all your amazing oh, work yeah. putting the stories of our Mordehu out there. You've pushed those stories and you've savoured those stories, and I think they're really important. And I think you've done um, a lot of the heavy lifting for the government, personally. Um, and so that's really important. Um, and also, um, Pania Newton and the uh, Soul Fano out at Ihumatau and um, all the amazing um, work that they do and have been doing for years. Um, and also, um, Charlotte Graham, I think she was probably mm. one of my favourite writers mm. of the year. Um, and Madame Davidson and Auntie Jackie from the Aunties. Um, and Coco Solid for the amazing Equalize My Vocals program that she did um, with the spin off. Um, and then my dishonours list is, you know, it's the same sentient fossilised rocks that we've all talked about so far who hate Māori language and culture and knowledge and love harassing women and stuff, and they can all go to hell. They shall join the rocket to the sun. Yeah. Um, and that's all we've got time for. Thanks, everyone. If you, um, if you made it this far, thank you for listening and sorry. And we will um, see you next year from the spin off to all of you listening. Have a wonderful Christmas and New Year's. Stay safe and be kind to each other. Hey, Terato. Bye bye. Kia ora e te iwi, te Aihe Butler here, podcast manager at The Spinoff. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spinoff member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spinoff Podcast Network.